EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM G'day, g'day, welcome to the show, lovely to have your company on no matter what platform you're listening, although I know most of you listening on an Apple iPhone or the podcast app. If you're listening on Pocket Cast or Spotify, let us know, always keen to know what apps you're using to listen and where you're listening from. Um, feel free to tweet me at Trevor Long, photos of your uh, screen while you're listening or whatever it might be, it's always fun to kind of get that appreciation that someone's actually listening. <laughs> Um, it's a funny thing about podcasting. You sit here and I've, people that follow me for a long time know I've been doing this for more than 10 years, sitting in my garage and now my own office where I just talk to myself. And it's very weird. And I think it would be a weird thing to observe <laughs> just someone sitting there talking. But that's why I love doing the, the talk back, the calls here, because I get to engage with people on the show. I'm not sure <clears throat> a podcast where it's just one person talking about stuff is all that interesting to listen to. Even if you throw the odd interview in, I'd get bored of my voice, let alone people with shocking voices. So, um, yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be chatting, and it's good to have a bunch of calls today. In fact, uh, quite a wide number of calls. And, <clears throat> excuse me, my frog in my throat, The um, a lot of variety too today. Um, so hopefully that, um, that provides some variety for you as the listener as well. Plus, we're going to talk e-waste recycling. What are you doing with your gadgets? What are you doing with the things in your home that plug into the wall? Afterlife. Um, a very interesting discussion. I'm looking forward to that one um, with the uh, the people that run part of the National Recycling Program. So we'll cover that in a little while. We'll take your calls. Um, feel free to leave, please, a rating or a review on the uh, on the podcast. Um, obviously, that applies primarily to Apple Podcasts. I don't know that any other app actually allows for ratings and reviews, um, but certainly the Apple Podcast app does, and we're very proud of the number of reviews we've had over the many years. Um, and the positivity under which they are given. Um, thank you to uh, Water 71 which I think it might be Glenn, but I don't know. Cracking Potty, uh, absolutely loving the podcast. Great combination of list of calls to help and help interviewing someone. Very interesting people. Keep it up, mate. Thank you very much, buddy. Appreciate your support. Um, geez, lots of reviews. Geez, a nice uh, number of uh, little thumbs up there. So five stars. Thank you very much. And uh, feel free to leave your comments in the reviews as well. But most importantly, I hope to be really contactable. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Trevor Long, on Instagram at Trevor Long AU, and you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Trevor Long, and I'm assuming it's my mug that comes up. Um, let's get cracking with the show. Whatever's on your mind, if you've uh, got a question or you just want to have a chat, uh, eftm.com, click Ask Trev. G'day, Gav. Hey, how are we going, Trev? Real good, mate. What can I do for you? I've got um, I've got photos up in the cloud, which God I showed down. Yeah, and which I showed down at the club, and I've got a bowling club, and we take photos of all the people down there, and then yep. we can show them show them it up yep. on the TV, an Android TV. But also, I want to use be able to use it and put signage up, uh-huh. as in uh, what's going to happen next Saturday, or any rules or regulations. Or a little bit of history of the club. Yep. And I don't know whether to use, I've got no experience, but to use something like um, Photoshop or um, PowerPoint, I don't know which direction they're travelling. I was hoping there'd be an app somewhere, you know. Do do you want it to be part of that? Let's consider that a slideshow of photos, right? So let's say you've got 50 photos in the the cloud. 
Um, do you want the messaging to come up as a part of every, you know, every few photos, hopefully a message comes up, or do you want a separate screen that's going to run the messaging? No, no, I was hoping to be able to do it at the same time. So I can just do it from home, put up what I want, and then it'll appear on the on the uh, TV down at the club. So here's, I mean, obviously there are high-end and even semi-professional signage solutions that would, would do this for you. Um, but I get the sense that the club's probably not going to want to fork out for that, right? Uh, I've, I've seen the I've seen the subscription services, but it's just out of our yeah exactly out of our league yeah. Now what here's I'll talk about how you make the signs and then the the risks around the Google Photos style solution, right? My yep. wife um, discovered only recently a thing called Canva, C A N V A Canva. Um, I think there's a free version. There's also a subscription service. Um, it's unbelievably good at for for making. Little signs, little messages, little things, little posters. Um, you can you can do everything from you know flyers to just signs you want to put on Instagram. I think it would be perfect for what you're doing. Um, it would be a good way of creating the 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 picture that what's on the screen. And what you do is it's on the, it's all on the internet. You do it at home, and then you just save it as a as a JPEG as a file, and then you put it into your Google Photo library, like all you do your photos. If that is not perfect solution, or the cost is is required and you don't want to do that, then you could just use PowerPoint, absolutely, and and you could make something. But the problem is you want it to be not a PowerPoint file. You want it to be an image. So you could take a screenshot of a PowerPoint or you could maybe export a PowerPoint, um, just a single slide, as a JPEG or, a, or an image, right? Yeah. I, I don't mind either of those solutions. I think Canva will give you the best-looking solution. PowerPoint will look a bit drab, but, you know, hey, it's only basic messaging, right? But once you've got these messages these these files these images that are you know next weekend this or this this message about the club your biggest issue will be you can't control when they come up you can't control how often they come up because if you set the the google android tv to say you know use to run a slideshow from your google photos if there's 200 photos in there mate and you've only got five messages it's going to be very rare for people to see those messages so you either need to put the messages in there multiple times or you need to cut down the number of photos and just use just yeah. update those more regularly. So have like a this week playlist of photos, an album on Google Photos called this week or this month, and yep. you, you just drag in and out. You know, let's pick 10, 15 photos for this month. Boom, there they are. This bloke's having a birthday. We'll make sure he's there and he's doing his bowls, whatever. And then you put up above a bunch of your messaging, and so the the album of photos and messages is smaller. They'll be more frequently appearing. Absolutely. So I've got I've got a number of albums now which I can swap over when I want to. So perfect, perfect. So you see what okay. I mean by though by like if you've got an album of fifty photos, you have to stand around and wait a while for you know one of them specifically to come up. So you just need to make sure you've got a lot of messaging in there, a lot of these slideshows that you create um, to counter the number of photos. That's all, um, and it's yep. random. That's yep. all. I think it'll look really that cool, is. and I and I think make Canva would be a fun thing for you to muck around with. Because it's meant oh, to be. I'm looking. Is it, is it an app? Well, it, there is. If you've got an iPad, there's an app. You can do it on a phone as well. My wife, I've seen my wife do it on every device. Um, okay. And it, you know what? It's Aussie too. Oh, excellent! Mate, well, it's, that's it's, that's terrific. It's one of the most one of the biggest Aussie startups you can you'll you'll find. So well worth a look and well worth supporting them if you can. But uh, you'll be blown away with what you can create. They have templates. They'll have like a template for something, and then you just change the text. And put an image in or something. That's so really, really oh, cool. perfect. Yeah, muck around perfect. with it. Um, muck around with it, and let me know how you go, champ. 
Yep, will do. Good on you. Sounds like a fun Good implementation of Google Photos, mate. Appreciate it. Good on you. And uh, if you got a question, like Gav, uh, great. What a great solution. Uh, well done, Gav, for uh, for using Google Photos. Um, but if you've got a question, it could be as left of field as that or uh, as simple as, you know, your home Wi-Fi. Uh, get in touch anytime. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Taking your calls, if you've got a tech question, you need some help with something, buying advice, or you've just bought something you want to brag about it, get in touch. Uh, just go to the website, EFTM.com. That's what Catherine did. G'day, Catherine. How are you today? Good, thanks, Trevor. And you? Well, I'm really well. What can I do for you? Well, I'm in need of a new phone. What do, you got, what do you got now? What do you what do you Oh, uh, it's a Telstra model. Oh. And I just need something basic. I don't um, use it for you know I don't use it for texting and answering the phone yep. and making calls. So I don't um, know what to buy. What, what, are, any other, are there any other things that you've missed out on and, and you've been in you're in Victoria, aren't you? Yes, I am. So like video calling, any of that kind of stuff with family or friends, is that something well, you're interested in? Well, I don't know how to do it. Well, <laughs> Pardon me. I think yeah. that it should be upon your family and friends to tell you how to do it because it's fun. <laughs> it's 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 engaging. It's interesting. But the good thing is, pretty much any smartphone can do all that stuff, so it doesn't really matter. Um, um, that's that's a question for for another day once you've got your new smartphone. What are you prepared to spend, Catherine? Up to five hundred. Oh, they'll, they'll come in and see you loaded there, loaded with cash. Um, no, but I just look at the prices and think I have to do that. No, you know what? Five hundred dollars is a really good budget. I, I genuinely think that there are plenty of phones. There's probably fifty phones that tell me like JB Hi-Fi Harvey Norman for that price. Um, no. There are obviously a whole range of brands you would never have heard of, um, and there'll be some that you have. Uh, there's you know TCL, there's LG, there's Realme, there's Vivo. You know what? Um, who? Who's your kind of closest family members that you see most often? Oh, my son. And what sort of phones he got? Oh, he's got an iPhone, I think. Okay. Anyone mm. in your family that you know got a, got a, an Android phone or something other than an iPhone? Uh, my daughter's just bought a Samsung. Um, oh, I've forgotten the number she called it, whatever yeah, it was. S20 She's gone up to a nine. Okay. She, went, she, she, wasn't, uh, she had an, a seven and she went to a nine. Right, yeah. Well, here's what I want you to buy then. I want okay. you to buy a Samsung Galaxy A anything. Okay. Whatever, you, whatever you like the look of, whatever you like the feel of. Now, an A31, the, the number after the A, the higher the number, the better it is. So if it's an A10, it's not as, it's not as good as an A20. Um, if it's an A21, it's not as good as an A31. So that middle okay. number, the, the kind of the 10 in the number, is, is the is the defining factor. So they've basically got a range of phones from the A11 to the 21 to the 31 to the 41 to the 51. The A31 is $449. It is, right. off the top of my head, is the phone my son uses, my teenager, my 13-year-old. Now, okay. Of course well, he, I should be able to do it then. <laughs> of course, he wants an iPhone, but the, yeah. little, but the little bugger doesn't have his own money, so that ain't happening. Um, no, fair enough. And so I also just wish he would enjoy the phone that he's got. This thing will do everything you need and more. A31, it's $449. bucks. you will save money on that because you had a budget of $500. Uh, I think you'll love it. It's a good phone. And the most important, the reason I'm saying that, Samsung, is because your daughter, who's also got a Samsung, will, will be familiar with it. So okay. when, when, you're, when you're having dinner or you're around for lunch or something and you say, well, I haven't worked out how to do that. She'll be able to find that for you. And I think that's critical that you've got someone to ask that 
really simple question of, you know, where is that right. thing or how do I find my photos or whatever it might be? All right, may I ask one other question? Yeah. She's bought hers uh, a refurbished one in excellent condition. Yep. Do you advise that? Look, at, at your budget, just get a brand new Galaxy A31 because then you've got the coverage of all the warranty. It's brand new. Any problem with it, you take it back to the retail store, right? Okay. Refurbished phones, I absolutely love. I think they're fantastic. But that's for when you're looking for a, a an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy S9 or 10 or 20 that your, your daughter had. Um, and you're normally still paying a touch more than 500 bucks as well. So I have no drama with the refurbished market. I think they're excellent. But for you, no. someone who's probably going to hold onto this phone for five years, oh, yes. just get yourself the A31. It's a good phone. And it's only 450 bucks. So even if in two and a half, three years, four years, you feel like you want something new, that same price will get you, you know, lengths ahead a better phone. So well worth the investment. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Right, it's no been a great help. Well, hopefully you're, uh, you're, you're, you're getting a bit better down there in, in Victoria and we're, we're wishing everyone the best and hopefully it's all going to free itself up back to normality very, very soon. Thank you very much. We're coping. We're all right. All right we're getting on. there. Catherine. Thanks <laughs> for getting in touch. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. And if you've got a question like Catherine, just go to the website, eftm.com. Happy to help. Uh, buying advice is fun. I love virtually shopping for people. <laughs> so happy to do it at any time. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Got a question about tech? Get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Noel's done that. G'day, Noel. Uh, g'day, Trevor. What can I uh, do for you, mate? Trevor, I, I've got a uh, problem with the uh, Wi-Fi within my unit. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got, um, I'm connected to the NBN, and I've got a pretty good connection um, coming into uh, with Wi-Fi. Yeah. My uh, upload speeds are 50, and download speeds are about 19. So I've got no problem with that. But once, it, once it gets into the unit, um, the Wi-Fi to my television continues to drop out. Right. Now my television is uh, about 10 meters away from my modem. And it's in a direct line. Yep. It so drops out. In the same room? In the, exactly the same room. Wow. Yep. And it's a, it's a direct line. Um, I've moved away, moved everything out of the road. So, it's a, yeah, it's a direct line. It's a, it's a um, LG smart TV. So it's not um, – and it's about four-year-old, so it's not a, a, an old um, um, uh, television. Yep. Now, every, everything else within the unit is okay during that time. Uh, when it drops out, I do a, a speed test. Everything is right. Yep. I can watch. I can watch a program on my iPad, but um, I can't watch it uh, on my television because it dropped out. You've done a great job of narrowing it down to the television. Let's be honest; it's it's clearly the TV. So, have you done anything on the TV to try and fix it, or, or what have you done? Well, um, probably nothing on the TV. I, I yep. now I, I've uh, contacted LG, and they said that there's no. Uh, uh, they haven't got any uh, upgrades uh, to, coming through on the TV. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I've, I'm a little bit at loss as to know what to, what I can do with the TV. Yeah. It's it's it uh, because it clearly is the TV. TV. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I think there's a couple of things you need to try first. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think interference is a likely problem. So there's a potential for interference. But the way to check that is to sit. Have you got a smartphone? Uh, yes, I have. Do you, do you know how to hotspot your phone? Um, re- really, no. Have you got an iPhone or a Samsung? An iPhone, yep. So in the settings, you don't do this right now, but when, later on, have a play with this. Just open up settings, and there's this thing called a personal hotspot. Yeah. 
Now, oh, yes. Now, yes. when you turn that on, you turn it on and say allow others to join, there's a password there. Your phone creates a little Wi-Fi network of its own, yeah? So yes. what I want you to do is I want you to get the TV, I want you to go to the settings, and I want you to connect the TV to the Wi-Fi hotspot on your phone so that instead, okay. of, instead of using your NBN connection, it's using your phone's internet. And I want you to try and stream a bit of TV and, and see how it works then. Because, like, if that's okay, then it's not actually the TV. It's the the simple – there's, a there's a, uh, like, a corruption between the, the way the Wi-Fi and the TV is working and the Wi-Fi and your modem is working, okay? So if that yep. works, then there's a couple of things you can do. And, again, this is going to take some nerdy research for you, mate, but you're going to need to, you're going to, need to find out how to get into the back end, the, the administrative panel – for your modem, your your Wi-Fi, because it could be that there's a conflict, a channel conflict. Wi-Fi operates on a whole range of channels, 6 to 11 to 20 or whatever, and it could be that there's many other people in your area using the same channel, and that's actually creating interference, Wi-Fi interference. So try the hotspot on your phone, see if that fixes the TV's connectivity. If it doesn't, then it's 100% the TV, and there's a couple of things you can do there. Open up the settings, Go to general and look for any software updates for the TV. Yep. Also, if your TV has a thing called Simple Link, turn that off. That's this kind of um, uh, Wi-Fi connectivity for devices thing. Turn that off so it's not using. Sorry, that. what what was that? Simple. Simple Link. It's actually spelled S I M P L I N K. Oh, Simple Link. Sim- okay. Simple yes. Link kind of thing. Um, yep. And then. If you if you're not finding any solutions here, what you want to look for on your TV is a factory reset. Reset that TV back to factory. It'll lose all your channel saves and everything. Doesn't matter. Turn it back on. It'll be like you bought it again, and it'll scan the TV channels and do all that thing, and then reconnect it to your Wi-Fi and see whether any of those things give you any more indication of where the problem might be and what solutions will fix it. Okay. There's a bit of work to do there, mate. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, <laughs> actually, actually, I think that the I've, I've almost come to the conclusion that the best idea is to buy uh, a new TV. To, uh, buy a new TV. Yeah. <laughs> I had this funny feeling when I started rabbiting off all those things for you. You're going to go. Do you know what? I was going to buy a new TV, but honestly, I, the, the I, don't, TV, I don't want to buy a, no. a new one because uh, I got in a lot of trouble from a wife for buying a big screen one when I did. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't do that then. You don't want to be in trouble with a wife, mate. Happy wife, happy life, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, the other the other thing you can do if you do get at your wit's end is you could look at maybe calling geeks to you. Maybe they could come around and try and sort that for you and you could list those same things for them. You know, you obviously got to pay them to do it. It's like paying a plumber. Um, you know, cha- Wi-Fi channel, channel change, um, TV reset. Those are the things I want you to try as well as that hotspot in your phone. Terrific. Terrific. All right, mate, good luck. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate your your assistance and your time. No worries at all, Noel. Uh, good luck. Um, I did feel like at that point that Noel was uh, thinking to himself, "Mate, you're you've you've picked a bloke beyond his capabilities here." But see, I know it sounds crazy, but honestly, I think I think those are the things that if you embed yourself into it and you go, "Hang on a minute, this is uh, this is something I could get my teeth into." It's a Saturday afternoon project. Have a couple of cans while you're doing it, but. Uh, for the for the uh, over-initiated, it's, it's 20 minutes work. For someone else, it might take you a little while to learn, but that's okay. You'll learn something doing it. That's the fun part. Uh, get in touch if you've got a question. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Always a lot of talk about um, the planet, environment, and I think the impact of technology on it is uh, not something we should shy away from. 
And I think one of the interesting parts of that has been over recent years, the the increase in our ability to recycle e-waste. Look, I can't speak for everywhere, but I do feel like in my local area, we've got our great little community recycling centre where we can go and I can dump a bunch of technology into a separate basket to where the soft plastic goes and where the light bulbs go and where the gas bottles go. And I do take great faith that it's being taken away and stripped apart and used in the in the right ways. But it's it's there's so much behind that program. And I think Apple's announcement last week of uh, a few different controversial things, you might say, uh, removing the power brick and the headphones from the box uh, in the iPhone means that you end up with uh, less waste, uh, less production of something that we don't need. And those are all good things for the environment. But there's a broader, um, I guess, strategy around all this, and to talk about that and and a little bit, uh, a little bit more is Warren Overton, the CEO of the Australian New Zealand Recycling Platform. G'day, Warren. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, really good. It is an interesting time, and I, I do personally think we've come a pretty good way in recent years. But I don't know. Is that just too too uber personal, or is, is are we doing okay as a nation in terms of e-waste recycling? Look, I think we're actually doing pretty well. And I mean, as a, as a nation, we do recycle quite well. Um, we do put things in the recycling bin. But yep. as you were just saying in the intro, it, it really is about what happens to it and does it get processed appropriately. Hmm. So we've been, we've been collecting e-waste for eight years now under the a, a federal government program called the National Television and Computer Recycling Scheme. And this is a true product stewardship program. It's actually funded by the manufacturers, the brands. I was going to say, people probably aren't aware that no, it's, it's aren't. essentially the responsibility of Samsung and LG and, and people that make TVs and the like to ensure that there is funding for programs to ensure that in five, six, seven, ten years when that TV is on the curbside, um, uh, figuratively, uh, it can be taken away and dealt with properly and not put into landfill. And very much so the the community recycling uh, location you were talking about. The reason why you can drop it off for free is because it's being funded by industry. Right. And each year, all of the, they call them liable parties, all of the, <laughs> the companies who have to contribute to this program, they're, they're spending tens of millions of dollars a year supporting mm. this. So it's a, it's a big exercise. And that, that's that has been a real success. So it's it's government legislation and it requires this to happen. Un- unfortunately, the program only covers televisions, computers, printers and, and other IT peripherals, right. which is only about, by our estimate, 10, maybe at most 15% of all the e-waste really? that we produce. Oh, yeah. So in Australia, our estimate is it's, it's over 550,000 tonne per year. Now, we, we collect about 20,000 ourselves, uh, and the whole NTCRS program does about fifty to 60,000. So there's, there's a lot so more. So what's, what else is there? I mean, I, and, and I think that obviously there's a different programs, different organisations, but you've got Mobile Master who do mobile phones in a, in a broad mm-hmm. sense, again, funded essentially by the mobile phone companies. Um, what do you think is the biggest gap in the, in the e-waste recycling well, a, a lot of that volume does get recycled, and it's the it's the uh, the fridges and the washing machines. Ah. You know, they're big and bulky. They get recycled for the steel, and that that's already happening. the The gap in the market is the what we call the small household. So it's all those other electrical appliances in your house, the toaster and the kettle, and mm. you know everything's pretty much got a plug or a battery in it yep. these days. Yep. 
And on average in Australia, we produce 21 kilos per person per year of this electronic waste. Right. So if, if we think of the, the big stuff, uh, the washing machines and stuff, uh, you see them on council cleanup and their scavengers come get those because they're worth a lot of money in just metal uh, if you mm. pick them up for free. Um, we kind of know where to go with them, mobiles. You, you essentially know that you can take your TV somewhere. What you're saying is there's too many people whose kettle goes in the blink, they buy a new one because they're cheap, uh, their toaster, their whatever it is, and it fits in the bin, so they throw it in the bin. And th- that's the massive gap is so many things, as you say, with a cable, um, are just being thrown away and added to landfill when they could be taken away. And But there's no incentive to take them away. Is that the problem? Yeah, so we're, we're funded to do what's in our scope, and mm. so that's why the councils can offer it for free. Um, but And, look, some councils are good, and they will collect and recycle all these other materials, and they pay for it themselves. Right. But that's few and far between. Because I did notice, um, I mean, my, my local, and they're, they're top people. I really enjoy going there. They're, they're passionate about what they do. But we took I took an iron there. Wouldn't take it. Mm. Cut the cable mm. off and took the cable, mind you, but wouldn't take the actual iron. Yeah, and that's, and that's the problem where... It's a fundamental problem. If it's not funded... Um, Valuable parts might be recovered. You know, the cord will be taken off because you can sell the cord straight away. Yeah. Um, uh, and other valuable c- components might be removed. But one of the things about e-waste recycling is, well, there's two things. If it goes into landfill, it does uh, include some uh, dangerous chemicals that yep. mixes with leachate, gets into the environment. That's a bad thing. Um, but there's significant materials that can be reused in e-waste. And I read something recently that, there's more, it's estimated, there's more gold in electronic products in existence now than there is left in the ground. <laughs> so, and, and that's, and, that's why, again, it's kind of that, you know, pulling back the curtain for people. But that's what Apple talk about with precious metals, right? When they talk about, um, I think they made some announcement during the, the iPhone announcement where they talk about, you know, 100% uh, recycled precious metals or something like that, which means that for yep. those little things that are normally being mined and then turned into the tiny little dab or dot or wire or cable, whatever it is inside the component, they're now sourcing enough of that from recycled channels, which is, you know, very socially responsible and environmentally responsible. But unfortunately, those kind of companies are few and far between. So it, it is upon us as consumers to say, what's in this thing before I throw it in the bin and what more could be done with it? So, what? I mean, it's, it's great for, I think there's two levels of education here. One is to for consumers to know that there are places to go and they should take whatever they can to the recycling centres. But what's... What do we need to do in terms of bridging that gap? Does government need to legislate to expand that um, NTCRS to, to in, encompass more things? That's certainly uh, something we've been advocating for. And, and last week was actually International E-Waste Day. And uh, we released a paper um, talking about expanding the, the current program to cover all electronic waste. And that's pretty much anything with a battery or a plug. Yeah. And there's significant economic and, and social and environmental benefits if, if we do that. Uh, Europe Europe has been doing this for oh, more than 10 years. Um, really? They cover all, yep, all electronic waste. Uh, we, and again, we funded by the liable we, parties? Sorry, mate? Again, funded by the liable parties, the manufacturers? Yeah, and that and that's a reasonable way to do it. And and the the manufacturers in our program they see it part of their corporate responsibility yeah. to ensure that the products get recycled appropriately so it's about extending that further across all of the items and in the end the the cost 
per item if it's a well-run program and if you get scale if you can do it yep. cheaper and you yep. can do it better yep. um it it's pennies yeah. pennies in the dollar <laughs> Uh, this is uh, left field, and and I didn't uh, pre-prepare you for this. But is there an issue with grey imports here as well, um, in in terms of you know the number of products? And it might actually be a very small percentage that actually comes in. But people that buy things overseas, either through uh, e-retailers or whatever, and they get shipped in from different countries, uh, they're not really funding uh, any part of the program, even if it does expand. So. Is there a bit of a risk or is it kind of big enough that it could be essentially okay that we still have those little gaps in the market? Look, I think, yeah, I think it is a risk and what would, you know, COVID, everyone's buying everything online at yeah. the moment. Um, they're certainly onto it more in Europe because they cover everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've had a bit of a look at it in Australia um, and, well, the government has looked at it because they rely on import data to determine who's liable and who should contribute to the program. Oh, yeah. And it's a bit hard when it's, you know, just via the internet. So you're right. It's um, People have perceived it is an issue. Uh, it's just it's going to be a hard one to actually to deal with because it's hard to get the yeah, data. I guess the, the simple question I have then on the expansion of the National Television Computer Recycling Scheme to broader things is, why isn't it easy for government just to go, right, make it happen? Because there'd be no cost to government. This is a zero-cost thing. It's it's a pure environmental benefit for the government. Industry-wise, there'd obviously some startup costs and some issues for some companies getting into it, but that could be, you know, scaled up over four or five years or something. But why not? Why isn't it an easy decision? Well, it is, it's a it's a significant decision in the they, – they look at the, the – the benefit to the community as a whole. So they'll, they'll do a, a what they call a regulatory impact statement, and that's just part of the government process. Yep. Um, and, and I'm happy to say they're seriously looking at it right now. Great. So there, there was a review of our, the NTCRS recently. One of the recommendations is they're having a serious look at how to expand it. Um, I have to say that both federally and, and at state level, there's been a significant amount of support in increasing product stewardship and better recycling in Australia. Mm. So I'm pretty confident that over the next few years, there will be a lot more um, lot more programs servicing this space. Uh, there was a recent, recently the, the Battery Stewardship Council okay. um, have, have got a program that looks like that'll be up and running soon, which is great because currently we're pretty bad at recycling batteries in Australia. So that'll offer a service. So... In the end, for consumers, um, it's about, as you were saying, educate yourself. There's plenty of uh, opportunities around now. Um, I'm hoping it's only going to get better and easier. Yep. But one of the key things is because we, we talk about the circular economy where you use something, you recycle it, and then it gets made into something new. Uh-huh. What, what we're missing at the moment is that last part of the of the circle whereby we're good at recycling stuff, but then we produce recycled commodities and they don't get used to make new things. What happens? The to way them? what we can do is, as consumers, um, look to buy products that um, right. have recycled content. So I'll give you an example. Um, HP have now made a commitment that thirty percent of their plastic will come from recycled computer plastic. Right. And and the best way to and that's great because that means there's now a home for the material that we recycle. Mm-hmm. And the best way to make more of that happen as consumers is to demand it from the suppliers yeah. and vote, it's kind of vote like with your money. Australian, isn't it? It's it's the same as you know, made in Australia. We need to look more concerted. We need to take a concerted effort to buy 
uh, things with recycled content. And we're not talking about, yep. you know, 100% recycled, you know, reflex paper or whatever. That's a very different ball game. We're talking about there are some issues. I mean, I remember a battery company, I can't remember who it was, a few years ago launched a battery that had a percentage of recycled battery in it. And it was like, that's amazing. And they made it clear to me that it could never really be 100% because obviously the, the life and the de- degradation in its, its ability to store energy. But, you know, you just got to look for those little commitments so that you're part of the solution. I mean, we can all be part of the solution is obviously um, the most important thing to remember. And I think Again, I speak very uh, just personally and, and locally, but you know, my wife made the call that we're going to have bins for everything. We've got a soft plastic bin. We've got a box where all the my rubbish goes because it's mostly got cords and cables. Um, you know, we've got something for every everything, and then we just make a trip once a month to a recycling center and you know dump it all there and sort it all out. And it's it's actually a fun thing for the kids to do as well. So it's not hard to do, and hopefully most local areas are doing it as well as mine is. I, I don't know if they're the gold standard, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's got a lot better, but what you're saying is we've got a little way to go and uh, we, hopefully that, that work is underway and the government will uh, you know, expand the program and that, that'll be good for the environment and the economy overall. Yep, yep, we certainly hope so. Well, man, very interesting to chat. Um, it's fascinating what you do and uh, good luck with, the, the, the I guess, the government changes as they roll out and hopefully it, uh, it sees some, some great changes in the, in the months and years ahead, mate. I appreciate the chat. Thank you. Keep recycling. Trev, along with you, taking your calls. If you've got a question about tech, head to the website, eftm.com. Click Ask Trev. I'll be with you, as hopefully, as quickly as I can. G'day, Ben. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you, mate? Uh, I've seen on the internet these these smartwatches advertised for a 49 50 bucks type thing. Are they worth buying or are they junk? Where do you see them? Oh, they just pop up on... Uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, go like Gumtree ads and... Um, YouTube ads and just on the homepage of um, Google and whatnot, they pop up, yeah. And what's, what do they look like? Do they look like uh, fitness trackers or they look like watches with a full face and, you know, all that kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a full face type thing there. Yeah, who's probably it, two. Who's it for, you or kids? Oh, uh, yeah, a bit of both or the, or the missus type thing. Mate, honestly, the, here's what they are normally. Um, if you go to Big W or sometimes Aldi has them, uh, they have these smartwatches and they, they, they are actually pretty impressive for the price. Yeah, so right, you, know, yep. you get a screen. You, normally, they're touch screen. Um, you get fitness tracking. Um, you will get notifications from your phone. There's a few things you can do, but you know, battery life is not amazing. Um, they're not hugely feature rich. They're certainly not a patch on a Samsung Galaxy watch or an Apple watch or a Garmin kind of fitness tracker style watch. Right? You get right. what you pay for. So. Yep. Honestly, uh, I'm not a massive fan, but I, I, my, my son's used one for a bit. He, he loved it. It was thought it was good fun. But, you know, he's lucky enough to also get access to the other rubbish I have, like <laughs> Samsung's, right? So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a different bar. Um, if you go into it with the expectation that it is what it is, then I think they'll be great. But here's my biggest thing. Don't buy it on the internet. Right, okay. Go to Big W, buy one of their nice cheap smartwatches or Aldi, wherever you can get one, because then if you hate it, mate, walk back and take it back. If you buy something off the internet, not from a big retailer, but, you know, just from an ad on the internet, my experience is you'll never find the store again. Like they're just oh, impossible okay, yep. to get your money back. So yep. you're more likely to get duped through a Facebook ad than you are through a quality product that happens to be cheap at Big W. Yep, all right, we'll give that a shot. All right, buddy, good luck. Appreciate your time. Thank you. No worries at all. Um, simple stuff. And, you know, you know my feelings on uh, Facebook ads. And I'm sure there's some quality, you know, affordable products like that being advertised on Facebook. But unfortunately, most of the stuff I've seen and bought is rubbish. 
And, you know, I, I think I might have hinted at or mentioned that I had seen a couple of products that I thought were encouraging because they were from Australian retailers. So this weed remover thing. You know, I bought that like three weeks ago. It still hasn't arrived. I get, get an email or two saying, oh, due to COVID, there's delays. You know what? That's BS. You know, you buy something at Kogan or Amazon. Amazon, buddy, you arrive the next day. I bought some stuff at Kogan and arrived two days later. So it's your fulfillment. It's your retail. It's your e-commerce that's, that's poor. Or you're not really an Australian company. You just put an Australian address up there and the thing's coming from, buddy, China and it'll be rubbish. I'm about to find out. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, anyway, um, you get what you pay for is the truth with nearly all technology, but that doesn't mean that low-cost stuff is bad. It just means you've got to go into it knowing what you're getting. Don't have Apple Watch expectations on a $99 smartwatch. That's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long, and uh, perhaps more importantly, you can follow me on Instagram at TrevorLongAU. Let's keep going with calls uh, in sunny Perth. Margaret, g'day. Oh, good morning. How are you going? I'm assuming it's sunny, right? It is very sunny and beautiful, yes, and you're on the as beach. always. Is that what you're trying to tell yes. me? You're out walking on the beach. Just trying yes, to rub exactly it in right. to all of us that can't come visit. Oh, so sorry. I hope you can come very soon. <laughs> I don't know that's going to happen. Anyway, let's deal with your problem. What can I do for you today? Um, what I've got is I've got Trend Micro on my computer yep. and uh, keeps saying that I can use it on my uh, other devices like my iPad and my iPhone. Yep. And I just wondered whether it's necessary to have that on my iPhone when I think Apple have a, a, um, a security thing on there anyway. Is that, is that what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, so, look, uh, Trend Micro, great product, multi-device. You're paying for something that's available on multiple devices. It's well worth using. So... Um, you don't get viruses on Apple iPhones, yeah? So that's what you're thinking. That, that, that just doesn't happen. Apple vets every app. It just doesn't happen, right? Whereas yeah. on Android phones, it's a, it's a solid risk, so it's worth having. But the thing that you can't control is where you're going on the internet, the links you're clicking. Um, and that's the risk really for you is um, clicking on a, on a website that's not safe, being taken somewhere and handing over your personal information. That's what Trend Micro can prevent. So do you know what? Install it. Um, put in your product code. Um, they might even include, and just should check this, but it might even include the ID security, which actually searches the internet to make sure that your driver's license, your passport, and any other personal information haven't been exposed on the internet. Your password, things like that. So there's, other than just viruses, Trend Micro is about kind of the holistic protection of your identity and your, your internet life. So, yeah, I would put it on your devices. Yeah, absolutely. Give it a try. And look, if you don't like it, or it feels like it's slowing you down or something, fine, don't, don't worry about it. But uh, honestly, I think it's well worth having on all your devices. Oh, good. Okay, that was what I just wanted to know because I thought I just wasn't sure to do it or not. So I will do it now. No Thank you very much for What that. beach are you on? Uh, Sorrento Beach. Lovely, lovely. All right, well, say good day to Western and, Australia for us. <laughs> yeah, I will, and then good luck to you all over there. <laughs> all right, good on you, Margaret. You okay. stay well. Yeah, good thank, on you. Thank you. You too. Cheers. Bye. Uh, loving life in Perth. Um, unfortunately, we can't go visit, but that's okay. Life goes on. We'll get there soon. One day. Maybe. I don't know. See what happens. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. 
Well, if technology does one thing, it, uh, it changes so much about uh, your home decor. And one of the coolest things that I, I remember actually installing these in my home office, um, which which and they're still there. The Nanoleaf Aurora. They sit behind. I I got all fancy and I put my for, I put a Formula One car on top of them in front of them, so they light up. It looks fantastic, and I got a huge response to those back in the day. And Nanoleaf has been kind of around for a while. It's been growing every year and I see them at every tech trade show we go to. Oh, remember the days we used to go to those. And uh, I'm pleased to say joining me on the line to talk about Nanoleaf is co-founder and uh, and the man in charge of Nanoleaf, Christian Yan. He's on the line right now. G'day, mate. How are you, buddy? Morning from Hong Kong. Well, it's... Uh, it's been a weird year, I won't lie. That That's the number one thing we have to uh, admit and acknowledge to, to anyone that's going through tough times with COVID. It's been a very weird year for us all. But, mate, we're not going to see each other the two or three times a year we might have before because there's there's no tech trade shows anymore. Uh, just first up, has that, has that impacted anything with you guys already because of things like IFA and planning for CES? Yeah, definitely. I think CS was already canceled. I mean, we, we, we usually plan out trade shows about one year or you know, at least nine to you know one year ahead. Mm. And we had to make a lot of cancellations. What hit me was I usually visit this lighting show in um, Frankfurt. Yeah, so right. this is the lighting show that was really you know good for us in, in the European countries. And that only happens every two years. So we completely missed that opportunity. Of course, Berlin, you know, and, and CS we love. So we had a lot of offline activations planned, but, uh, you know, you roll with the punches. Um, we're focusing on online, of course, and we do have a NanoLeaf Key uh, Note live event on October 15th. Um, so that's looking forward to that, right? Got to love the virtual world and, and the way we announce things. Now, take me back to the start. Um, it, it's such an interesting concept for, for people that haven't seen it, NanoLeaf uh, uh bunch of shapes you put up on your wall it's it's a lighting decoration essentially how did it come about so we i guess what was it 2014 2013 2014 we started uh with kickstarter we made the world's most energy efficient light bulb very iconic and you know from a light bulb which we got a lot of press and media it kind of put us on the map then we kind of moved into smart light bulb but, you know, we realized this is, you know, still, it was, wasn't too much of a game changer. So, uh, you know, our CTO and our industrial designers at that time just had this awesome concept of changing from 1D lighting to 2D lighting, right? And, of course, there's, you know, these ceiling panels that's been, you know, mm. uh, in the market uh, for many, many years. But we wanted to make it fun, uh, interactive, react to music. We wanted to be able to make it modular and color changing. Right. And of course, at that time, this is around 20, you know, 16. That's when the smart home wave really. Yes. Uh, this, everything was being connected. And of course, we, we had, you know, we we're one of the earlier partners and, and and kind of really caught on onto this wave and, and just made our 2D lighting plus into the uh, going very hard into the smart home space. So yeah. I mean, being connected and using uh, voice assistance. And you also, I remember the very uh, the very first, the Auroras I put in, um, of course I could put my corporate colours in and stuff, which was a bit of fun, but you also just had things like moods. It was like, I, I want a focused lighting now. I want um, relaxed lighting. There was this really different approach to lighting and it wasn't the first time I'd heard it. I remember interviewing um, Jake Dyson, James's son, um, about his, he's got these really cool desk lamps and he's like, we shouldn't be lighting the whole rooms. We should be lighting the spaces mm. we need. And it was this, I actually ended up using things like the uh, Aurora and other lights to light my office instead of using down lights because 
It was. It was a better way just to create light in a room, which is all I needed was light so I didn't fumble, but without overpowering a room with lighting. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, this brings us back, but, you know, but one of the, the issues I was talking with my CTO just uh, last week was, the, you know, we wanted to fix the problem of glare, right? right. We, we, we knew there was all this commercial lighting and functional lighting, but we saw our, 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 our product was really cool. It's very decorative, allows you to create your own design. But on top of that, we wanted to create some really nice ambient light. You know, that mm-hmm. was the inspiration of the first, you know, name, the Aurora. And, you know, we're able to set scenes, create different, we call the mood. So, you, you know, behind me, like this is the, the flame scene. So when I use this always at nighttime, you know, before you get to bed. So take away, you know, the, the, the blue light from your eyes, right? A few hours before bed, just, mm. just kind of make your, your space at home more, more chill and ambient. And of course it has, um, you know, a glow effect that we can add all these other functions that we can add on top. But the simple idea is just to create an awesome ambient lighting. Um, take away the glare that goes into your eyes, you know, from all the, the lights that is done in traditional uh, traditional homes or even office places. Right? So, so you've got a, a bunch of new products that we can talk about because the, the event is past, uh, the time of publishing, the event is past. So wh- where mm. have you gone now? I most recently reviewed the hexagons. Um, uh, I found that to be a fascinating shape in terms of trying to put together a design, but it always is actually, you know, which way am I going to do it? And you lay it out on the floor, you decide what it's going to look like. It's a very, it's a strange thing to, to do for the first time, but you've gone hexagons and now you're, you're extending the shapes line um, to bring in essentially the original triangles as well as some minis. Exactly. So the, the hexagons was the first shapes uh, for shape in our Nanoleaf Shapes uh, product line. With this new product line, you know, after doing the the, 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 the Aurora, the triangle, and our canvas square, we really thought, like, how do we push the boundaries, right? How do we make, you know, creativity? How do we push limits? How do we make, I let our community uh, make these amazing designs? And we really wanted to add this idea of, of interoperability. Uh, you know, people, I, I think it's easier to say compatibility, right? Mm. Um, you know, how do we have these shapes uh, let's build a new architecture where, you know, the shapes can be limitless, right? So that all the, the the panels can actually connect together and even, you know, push the boundaries like we have never before. And I'm now, and, I'm now just, it's just now twigging with me because you say that now, and obviously my listeners can't see, but over your shoulder, you've got triangles and hexagons together. And then there's a, if I look at a, a triangle and a hexagon together, the the there's a there's a gap how do you fill that gap oh mini triangle so you're you've made it so that you could literally piece together uh, a canvas of any a canvas is a is a funny use of a word really a canvas of any shape using nano leaf shapes yeah exactly and and we do this using our exclusive you know connect plus technology right this is a special um, very robust uh, and um, innovative linker we call this connect plus technology mm-hmm. that we built for the shapes line um you know and this i mean think about all the shapes that we can make in the future right um this is really just the starting point um we you know wanted to we knew how popular the triangle was so this mm-hmm. is why we're bringing back to two sizes of the triangle and there's you know more to come <laughs> solid tease and you know it's fascinating when you look at if you go online and you search for uh, nano leaf you'll find people have literally created entire walls it's basically this ultra modern ultra smart uh, design technique that people are using in 
so many fascinating ways. And I often think about it, and this is a long bow to draw, but I often say, you know, Steve Jobs would never have believed what this, what the iPhone could do today. That was never in, in their plan, but it's, it's evolved. You must look at what people do and go, we could never have imagined someone would create that design. You know, people go from, from a wall up on a ceiling and, and around corners and cover walls. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, that is absolutely um, something, you know, we, we are always uh, trying to look at <clears throat> on our social media. Like we just can't believe some of the things that people have come up and how they mix even our panels together with music or how they yeah. use it in a yoga studio, how they use it, you know, in, in their basement, um, you know, um, a, a DJ table, right? It, it's awesome. And, and this is why we love the community so much is, you know, for the shapes, we actually listen to our community. Right. What more can we do? You know, people have asked us to do the hexagons. I think it was raised in CES, maybe the same year that we, we kind of, you know, showcased the triangles. So these are definitely um, shapes and, and, and you know, uh, user functions that we always uh, added to our assortment by listening to the community. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to actually, I forgot to point out, was our new uh, installation or um, mounting system in our shapes. So this is actually very different that we've made a large improvement on. We wanted people to uh, make the installation easier. We wanted uh, to help people when they remove the panels um, to have easier access to, to the tape so that yes. they can take, move it off the wall easier. So with this snap-on mounting system, which call, we call the mounting plate, you simply, like, if I just go behind me, uh, behind here, I can actually just take the panel off really easily and then have access to the uh, to the mounting plate. So this was one big improvement in the shapes line. All right. So give me some one to one here. Very uh, very uh, direct. Um, Co-founder to uh, to user advice. I've got uh, a box of uh, of nano leaf shapes, and I'm going to lay them out on the floor and come up with a design. So after that. What what are you what is the process for you because you've got those new new mounts? Do you put those on and then put them up shape by shape? Oh, it's it's I found it to be a, a struggle at times to go. Do I put do I try and lift the whole thing up and put it on, or do I mount them one at a time and then is it straight and you know little little things like that? How, what's your advice on getting it right? I mean, definitely to, is to go to our YouTube channel and and, and watch some of the videos and instruction um, um, videos that we have made. Uh, but, you know, our community has been so creative. There's definitely people that have been, you know, they even put an acrylic board to put our panels on there. They, you know, had it all done first and put it up. But I would say most people will simply with a shapes line, you just have our, you know, put our double seta tape mm -hmm. uh, on the, the mounting plate. And then you just rip the tape off, you know, and then you want to make sure you have the next linker already on the panel. Ready to go. Yeah, yeah. ready to go. And then you simply, uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm getting a live yeah. demonstration. <laughs> yeah. You simply press it in there, right? So here you go. We can just go like this. And you want to make sure you put some pressure, very um, uh, pressure to the uh, center of the panel. So that you're getting that fix on the, on the, on the double-sided. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And just rub it through, and then you're good to go. For example, what, what's awesome about the snap-on connector, I just take it off from here. And you have direct access to the panel. Yeah. Right. You need to address it uh, or do some maintenance, and it's uh, very easy to access. Yeah. 
And the last thing I'd, I'd, I'd want to know about, you know, and this may be future planning stuff, but one of the challenges I've found is you've got to think about it. You've got to strategically think about it because there's the power cable, right? You've got this work of art on the mm-hmm. wall. And I've got this with one of my favorite products in the world, the Netgear Mural, which is, you know, the digital photo frame. It's just so beautiful, but there's a cable yeah. <laughs> coming out. And I'm, I'm not yet at that point where I want to put a cable through the wall. Now, some people might do that, but that's also part of the design process, isn't it? Think about having your design leading up from behind the lounge, for example, or stuff like that, so that the cable doesn't become a feature. It's 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 hidden as a part of the design. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think um, there have been creative ways, for example, to put the cable into the design, right? People mm. have made kind of shapes of a balloon and the cable would be that wire that you hold that balloon. We, you know, we had this installed in our office before. We've seen people done this before. Um, you know, I, I'm coming from the supply side, in, you know, with manufacturing and we really tried our best to make um, the cable a little more easier to straighten out. So what we recommend people is once you're done the install, just use your fingers, you know, just do it about three to five times to straighten out the cable so uh. that it, it goes really nicely, drops down to the floor or, you know, behind the TV or something like that. It's those yeah. little things that uh, in the design and manufacturing process that make a, a, a massive, massive difference to, to the overall end product. Well, I think it's an exciting evolution um, of, of the of the product, let alone the company. And uh, I think what you're doing here is very, very, very nice strategic way of building something that, that really people want to, they'll want to get more, you know, because they'll see people with shapes and they'll, they can add more than just the hexagons. They can add just minis to, to around the edges to, to square it off or do things like that. It's going to be fascinating to see the user community now in this next phase. And this should be, and obviously you, you've timed this well so that you're ready to, to have supply for the Christmas period globally. Oh yeah, I mean that's something uh, our team here is dealing with every day. I, I can only say that the demand is uh, is is far beyond than than we expected. You know, with our forecast, so uh, we actually have to make uh, a decent amount of air shipments. You know, which uh, you know you, that's it's a good problem to have, and and you got to do to you got to do that to get the goods uh, to you know to our fans. So. Um, well, I think the fans will be waiting and anyone listening who's who's been in the ecosystem will look to expand and anyone new to it, just a little YouTube or Google of NanoLeaf and you'll find some some amazing creations and, and some good inspiration too. You're right, that is the best thing to do is go to your Instagram and, and, and YouTube to find that inspiration from other people's homes for your own home or in my case office. I, I love having them as a just a work of art in the office because then I've got control over that colour, that light and that ambience. It's uh, it's a fascinating product. Congratulations on everything you've achieved thus far, mate, and good luck with the shapes uh, through the end of 2020 and into 2021, Christian. Oh, thank you so much, Trevor. along with you taking your calls if you've got a question about tech cars lifestyle or you just want to have a chat about something you bought something you're buying whatever it is uh, get in touch go to the website eftm.com click ask trev g'day graham g'day how are you trev good mate what can i do for you well i've got huge problems with my nbm <laughs> i have a, a place that was wired in 1997 with all with optus so yeah. of course we have no no telstra infrastructure uh, and yep. And they need to um, put something through to my house. But in doing so, they actually want to sort of dig a, a trench, you know, 30 metres down the side of my house so they can connect their cable to my router, which is sort of at the back or front of the house, depending on where you're standing. Uh, it 
just seems an incredible lot of work to me to get a, a cable through. I mean, at the present, I have um, a cable, uh, ADSL cable, HFC, by the way, 1997, in the roof. Yeah. But um, they don't want to uh, try and trace where that cable comes from. And I, I imagine it's got to be replaced anyway. But I, I'm sort of wondering, you know, <laughs> is 5G the answer here? And I'm not a, a non-technical person, so I want to know, is there any options to what they want to do? Good. I mean, it's a bunch of good questions. And, you know, obviously the MBN's job is to provide their service to your home. Uh, yep. Now, they don't own the Optus cable. Optus owns that. Um, they they do now run the Telstra cable system, so they, they can use that how they like. But the Optus mm. cable is completely useless now, essentially. Um, mm. you know, once it gets switched off, it doesn't go anywhere. So uh, it'll mm. never get replaced. It's just it's redundant piece of cable in your roof. Um <laughs> You're, okay. right, you're right about the tracing, though, because you'd, you'd think 1997 is recent enough that it's not been done dodgy. You'd think there'd be a bit of conduit yeah. that that thing would run through and, and from and to and whatnot. Mm. I assume it's not raised cable from the street in the air. Is it underground cable from the street? The, the no, all their infrastructures are across our driveway. Uh, the part, we, we do have a Telstra pit, but they tell me the Telstra pit is um, full, whatever that means, um, and that's why they need to dig another trench. Yeah, but the HFC um, cable, does it come into the house via the air? Uh, look, I don't – well, that's what we don't know. The, yeah. the cable is actually lying in the ceiling. It probably, uh, the you know what, it probably doesn't matter because I'm assuming you're getting fibre to the curb. I'm assuming yeah. you've got, they've got cable down the um, fibre down the footpath mm. and they're, they're going to put mm. um, a piece of copper in. Um, mm. you, should, you should probably hold off and ask them to put a bit of fibre in because um, if mm. they're going to run that conduit, if they're going to do any sort of uh, destruction of property, you want you know, conduit put in so that fibre upgrade is much easier for you down the track. That said, mm. um, I do think that you know, lifting up you know, pathways and stuff seems a bit weird in this day and age i don't know the layout of your property but you think there'd be mm. a, an easier way um well it's all brick it's all brick paved so you can yeah. imagine <laughs> well i mean what, you know, they, they've got to put it back but you know you've got to worry about you know does it go back in how it so, goes back yeah. exactly right yeah. and not, not that's yeah. not disparaging any subcontractor who does the work but i oh, know no, look they've all been good but i've had five different nbn teams in here in the last <laughs> three this started in this started in april wow and I gather that they actually want to disconnect everything in this area yes, yes. by by November, and we're still no further advanced. Are you, are you an Optus, uh, Optus customer? I am an Optus, and it's an Opt Optus business yeah. connection, and okay. they've been they're in Melbourne though. So what what are you what are you, what sort of uh, traffic? Do you know how much data you're using every month? I don't have a clue. No, I, I mean, all I know. We, do, you, do you do intensive stuff? No, or? no, not 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 huge. But we're running the business from home now. Yeah, but I mean, and, running uh, a business. So there's two two types of business. There's a business yeah. that uses email, Facebook, you know, zero, and all those kind yeah. of things. And then there's yeah. a business that uses huge data file transfers and um, cloud. Yeah, not huge. No, middling. Middling, I'd say, Trev. Middling. middling so sort I, of. I would yes. pick up the phone. To Optus again. Um, mm. uh, what did you, you did tell me? What suburb you're in? I'm just gonna. I'm in Abbotsford in New South Wales. Coverage map. Have you? Do you know whether you're in the Optus 5G coverage area? 
I have no idea, and I have to tell you, we have one of the worst um, areas for reception <laughs> on just about anything you can mention, and that that's something to do with the the position of the towers in our in our geography here. Geez, it must be a bloody lovely place to live then, if you're putting up with. Oh, it's a beautiful right? place. It, look, it's stunning. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not I'm not about to move. No. But, but the technical challenges are um, yeah a little All right, bit. Yeah, just a little bit west of Gladesville, is that right? That's it. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. No, 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 on the river, on the river, you know, on the L- river. Side lot of stuff on the river over there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> so I'm just looking at the uh, the Optus 5G coverage map, and there is uh, no 5G at Abbotsford. So that, that's not mm. going to answer our questions today. There will be at some point, mm. and I think that's mm. why Optus haven't said, "Hey, let's do this." Um, because it seems strange they wouldn't try and upsell you, or it's not an extra cost; it's actually better value. Um, but their five G solution. So that's. Uh, I, I think it should come down to a matter of service for people who live less than seven kilometres from the centre of Sydney. To be honest with you. Well, it will. I mean, let's be clear: five G is only new. So give it twelve months, and I've got no doubt there'll be five G at your your joint. But that's twelve yeah. months away. Uh, so yeah. you know, we we can't. You, know, you can't wait for that given the, the switch off, right? No, um, I think what I what I will suggest, and I'm just trying to quickly while we talk, I'm also trying to check the uh, the 5G coverage for Telstra um, mm-hmm. because they have a home broadband uh, 5G product as well now. Yeah. Um, so basically, these... well, can I tell you just quickly why I'm yeah. with Optus? Oh, yeah. uh, when I moved when I moved here from Balmain, which is about three kilometres mm-hmm. from here, yeah. uh, I went first of all to Telstra and said. Can I just transfer my Telstra package from Balmain to Abbotsford? He looked on his on his monitor, on his on his web and his page, and he said, "Oh, you've got no problem, mate." He said, "You've you, your Telstra coverage there's perfect." Uh-oh. It wasn't until all of this came along <laughs> that we discovered this section was only done by Optus, right? So, <laughs> so their maps are not reliable either. Yeah, look, there's you. no five G for Telstra either. So, yeah. bottom line. Um, You'd either be relying on 4G broadband. And the thing about 5G or 4G broadband is there's a higher cost of data. So if you do consume a fair bit of data, you will pay more for it every month. Um, yeah, well, you know, I don't I th- mind as long as I get it. I think I think what we – what here's what I do. Um, I think what I should do is, is I'll get your address from you off air yep. and yep. I will make a representation to NBN to say, like, well, what's the go here? Is there a way of doing this without – digging up the world um, yeah. or are there guarantees that can be put in place that you know you're going to have someone to call when it doesn't look the same as it did before um, well I'm, I'm not i'm not going to bore, bore you with the details as, as i know you, you've got a program to run but um the, where i live i have a i have a torrens title house yep. but unfortunately to access it i have i have to come through uh, a community driveway and the minute it gets to my house the next three meters of that driveway is a neighborhood association so you can understand what issues nbn had trying to negotiate access to my house (laughs) it's a nightmare mate honestly so you've got kind of some ability to be part of it but not entirely uh, no well you're not in control at all to be honest (laughs) you're reliant on them and and look they're they're good guys they're good guys. I'm not. I'm not knocking them. What's they, everyone they do else what in the can. in the kind of uh, community driveway area doing? <laughs> They're with Telstra. <laughs> but with Telstra, Telstra on on NBN. On NBN, yeah, 
Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. We are the only house in this 30 houses in the subdivision that have no conduit <laughs> that gives us a cable. <laughs> so everybody else is uh, is fed through the uh, Telstra box, which is outside my house, in, in, into their full. system. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the last NBN bloke who came said, oh, they'll just have to fix your access through the pit. They will have to do it. You know what I was just going to say, mate? In the end, they do. Um, yeah. that, that will have to happen. Um, oh, yeah, okay. I live in hope then. And here's forever. the great thing. No matter <laughs> no matter what happens and how long it takes us, Graham, yes. I, and, I know, and I know this sounds like, you know, you, you just hold out and wait, but no matter what happens and when you get to the end of this, you're never tied to an internet provider again. Okay? So that... Oh, you, you, know, can, opt- you can shop around, you mean. Yes. Yep. So that Optus mm. cable meant that you couldn't go to Big Pond Cable. In fact, it was really only no. ever Optus and Big Pond at the time, right? Now, yeah, well, once you've got the NBN, a little black box from the NBN in your house that says this house has NBN, you can ring yeah. My Republic, you can ring Aussie Broadband, you can ring Telstra, you can ring Vodafone, you can say, you know what, I want to be with you tomorrow, and yeah. boom, you'll be with them tomorrow. That's yeah. how easy it is. So... Yeah, don't. I would try and brush aside that loyalty that you have to Optus. Once oh, I don't have a, no, 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 I, I, I don't have Optus. I'm yeah. not loyal. The only reason I've got Optus is because, because Telstra it was the only option. <laughs> would, wouldn't do it. Yeah, Telstra wouldn't do it. That's right. what I'm saying. Well, let, let's see if we can get you some remedy um, and uh, and escalate it a little bit into the NBN and see what we can do for you, mate. Okay. All right. Thanks All right, for that. Stay Kevin. there. I'll get all your details and uh, okay. and come back to you. Um, it's a tough one because you know, it gets very very unique. And you know, Graham talked about some of the in unique parts of that uh, that property. It's not the same for everyone. You imagine the NBN. It's not as easy as Kevin Rudd's. You know, uh, back of a um, back of a toilet. What do they call it? The back of a napkin. You know, there's 11 million homes. It's going to cost this much. Every home's different, and unfortunately, those complexities make it hard. For everyone, including the NBA. EFTN. You're listening to the EFTN podcast. EFTN. Great to have your company uh, taking your calls. If you've got a question about tech, cars, or lifestyle, just get in touch. Go to the website EFTM.com. Phil did that. G'day, Phil. Uh, g'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? Yeah, going well. Thank you. Very, very well. What's happening? What can I do for you? Um, I'm looking um, for a new phone. Yeah. Um, I uh, will probably give it a bit of a hard time. I want it. because like I want to replace a camera. Or do you like to abuse your phones? Just for uh, I ab- <laughs> <laughs> no, I abuse them physically. Um, <laughs> I, I need it for uh, photography mainly, so that's why I'm really interested in a phone with a camera and battery life is probably second option. Yeah. Um, uh, I walk a lot, and the less I carry, the the better. Yeah. And I also ride old motorcycles. And when we're on events and things, I run two websites for these particular places. So I like to take a photograph, and yeah. then I put them up on the websites. But yeah, you know, so quality I know isn't a, isn't a great issue with with websites because you can you know they, they're small. Anyway, yeah. yeah, they're compressed anyway. But you know, I still like my photography. So they're they're the two. So I've been doing a little bit of research and looked at Oppo. Uh, A91, A9, Samsung A31, Samsung A21S, and probably want to spend under 500 so that when I destroy it, I can replace it. Yeah. I was just going to say, because as you started talking about those phones, you're obviously talking about a lower budget, and frankly, there's nothing at that level that's, you know, going to give you durability. I mean, Telstra have a couple of phones. I think they're rugged, rough, whatever. But then you're sacrificing so many other features like battery life or camera and stuff like that. So I think you're right to just go, you know what? I'm going to go into this with the mentality that this thing is replaceable. <laughs> but also, yep. the only thing I'd lean towards is, in that price range, I'd lean towards 
the bigger global brands, because you might not get them in Australia, although you might, but accessories for right. your Oppo, your Samsung, um, you know, maybe your Nokia's, accessories for those brands, there's a lot of them around. So you might actually have some luck with a reasonably rugged case for those things. Yeah. Um, a Vivo, a real me, you're going to end up, they're massive in China, but you're going to struggle to find absolute accuracy in getting accessories. So, Yeah, that, yeah that's probably why I steered away from, from those and looked at Oppo or Samsung. And then I looked at the Nokia ones, but it looked like the cameras on those weren't of the quality of the Oppo and the Samsung. No, that's right. You've nailed it spot on. Oppo and Samsung have, in that price range, probably the best best cameras on the block. The TCL 10L, though, is at 449, does have a quad camera. It's an excellent Excellent camera. I wouldn't discourage that one, the TCL 10L, uh, Alcatel A31, and then, yeah, Oppo A91, you're talking, that's only 400 bucks, so that's that's pretty good value for the A91 now. Um, I'll put it, this, put it to you this way. Given what you've described, I would feel very comfortable with you buying any of those three phones, the Oppo, the TCL, or the Samsung, that you, you won't be ringing me in six months saying the camera was rubbish. That, that's going to be a tick on all of those. Especially, what are you using now, by the way? Uh, an iPhone XR. Really? That's yeah. pretty good, mate. That's a pretty good camera. It is, yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah, well, I've, I've been doing a bit of a comparison against that and um, SLR cameras. And it's an old SLR camera because you know, I've been carrying yeah. around an old SLR camera and an old Nikon and an old um Canon, mm. and the results I'm getting out of the XR are better on long distance when I blow them up than I'm getting out of the old SLR cameras. So I'm assuming that one of these cameras will be maybe not as good as the XR, but in that sort of vicinity. Yeah, oh, I'm nervous now. <laughs> like the the A31's a good phone with a good camera, but I don't think it's up against a 10R. Oh, I okay. really don't. Right. I mean, that's a really good. That's I mean, it was it was kind of a basic level phone when they brought it out, um, but it's an excellent. It really is an excellent uh, camera. Now it's single lens, whereas all these ones will give you some form of uh, multiplication, yeah. so like two times zoom and stuff, and yep, also the yep. wide angle. So I yep. I would only come into it and say, look, the benefits of the cameras are in the multiple lenses. So your ability to get yep. a beautiful wide angle shot, your ability to get a two times zoom without having to you know walk in further or whatever. I I genuinely don't know that you're going to be impressed with the standard photography over and above the 10R, but it may be on par. Maybe we'll end up on par. I think, though, your biggest adjustment is going to be, you know, moving to Android. That's fine. It's a couple-of-week process to, you know, get your head in the right space, muscle memory. Um, but, I mean, yeah. The- oh, well, I'm used to the Android system because, I've, you know, I've, I've, everything else I've got is Android other oh, than this one because this is a, yeah, this is a phone that's, that's not mine and it'll go back. So that's why I've got to... Uh, to look at uh, something like, different. I feel like TCL 10L is where I want you to be. Just so that, of, that out of all of those would be a little would be any. It's the would most, be a little better than the camera. It's the most recent camera array on those three. Okay. I think it might be closest to par in in that, and it does this. It does some really nice stuff in automatic adjustments and automatic HDR and things that that might well impress you. Um, Okay. Yeah, I mean, and ba- battery life on that one? Battery life's excellent. I mean, you know, with all these kind of level phones, if you are pushing them to the limit, they're, they're, they're going to struggle for the day, but that's really pushing it to the limit. Mate, get a $20, $50 battery so that you've always got the, the backup in the in the motorcycle battery, bag. Yeah. But when you're out for a walk, 
you're not going to have any issues with these things. They're, they're all no, no, pretty no. good all day life. You really, you know, think, just think smart about it when you're worried about battery life. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a, it's going to be a long walk today. I'm going to be out. I'm not, not going to be near a PowerPoint. I don't plan to take a battery with me. Turn off the Wi-Fi. turn off the Bluetooth, turn down the screen brightness a bit. You know, those three yeah. things will add life to the day. Yeah, we'll add to it. Yeah. 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 We so, just got a, we've got a coast to coast vintage event next year that may be on, maybe not because of COVID. Yeah. And if we do that, then, you know, that's the reason for having a, a phone that I can carry and not an SLR camera because I'll be too busy carrying other things. Yeah, spot on. Mate, yeah. happy shopping, Phil. Thank you very much, Cheers Trevor. Appreciate your input. No worries. Anytime. If, uh, if, you, if you end up uh, getting one of them and, you, and you're overly impressed, I'd love to hear about it. I mean, I, frankly, I'd love to know what you think, going from a 10R to any of those. After you've had it for a few weeks and taken some snaps, let, come back to me. I, I want to chat to you and see how you think about it. All righty. So out of, out of the Oppos and the Samsungs, the A9, A9, A91, A31, A21S. Is there any camera there that's better than the others if I'm not keen on the TCL when I look at it? 31's better than 21. Um, okay, and easy. The, the 91, Oppo A91, I, I suspect you'll be more impressed with that than the Samsung A31. So I put, so the, the, I put the, the Oppo on top. So the 91 is first, uh, first choice after the TCL. All right, that's well, the way I'll look. Right, Thank mate. you very much. Good luck. Okay. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. And uh, if you've got a question like Phil, just go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Just so many calls this week. Um, and there's so much to do. I can't say what, but I've got a bit to do this afternoon ahead of, uh, shall we say, midnight tonight. That's all I'll say. Um, so you know, that includes picking up the kids from school and, and doing a bunch of radio this afternoon. So we'll try and squeeze it all in. But anyway, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you always staying in touch and being very loyal. Um, to those of you who've been with me for a very, very long time, you know I'm, it means a lot to me. And to those that are new and have only discovered, come and join the fan club. Join <laughs> fan club. Join the club, okay? The man cave um, on uh, EFTM. So go to facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Click on groups and click on the man cave. Join in there. And what I'm most loving about the man cave is that I can't be in there all the time, so it's very hard for me to even see all the conversations that occur. But um, when they do occur, oh, there's a lot of great people, a lot of them who have been part of the show for many, many years, who are not just asking but answering questions, um, and that's just really, really awesome. So, yeah, love having that. So uh, feel free to keep asking those questions, keep answering those questions, and just tag me if I need to be in there because that kind of helps me you know, know that I need to be jumping in. So, yeah. I uh, appreciate that. Let us know what you've ordered. If you've ordered a new iPhone, send us a screenshot. Let us know what you've ordered. I'm curious to see uh, what people are buying and what models and whatnot. So very cool stuff coming up. It's a big week for Apple um, with all the iPhones coming out. And you'll, you'll read about that all this week, I suspect. Just saying. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Back again next week on the EFTM podcast. Uh, in your favourite podcasting application, no matter what it is and where it is, um, you'll find it and um, I'm happy to bring it to you each and every week. Uh, and I'll take your calls. Just go to the website, EFTM.com, and click Ask Trev. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but Trevor-